Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money. And today we're talking when a love letter creates a priceless movement with Hannah Brencher. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton-Game. It will expand your brain. It's the holidays and it's so easy to get wrapped up into all the gift buying and gift giving, gift receiving, everything about gifts, right? How we have our gifts wrapped, what size box they're in, uh, what the little bows on the top are, you know, all of the shiny frilly parts about gift giving and gift receiving. And I'm right there with you. I mean, I love to receive a great gift. I like to give gifts as well. But um, I mean, who can deny the fact that you like to receive a gift? I think that's just human nature. Um, You know, and, and I think some of us, we save all year long in order for the holiday season, whether you're going on a big fancy trip or you're just, you know, wanting to shower your friends, family, loved ones, whatever it may be with some great gifts that you have saved up for during the year. It's 
definitely that that time of year. But what I have found is that some of the best gifts actually don't cost a thing. And I know you're thinking like, yeah, right. Yeah, right, Shauna. But it, it really is true. Like, remember when we were kids and our parents used to say like, oh my gosh, I love all those handmade gifts that you make when you're in school. Now, whether they did or didn't is a whole other thing because quite frankly, some of those things that we made as kids are just, they're terrible, right? <laughs> if you're a parent, I'm sure that you may have received some of those gifts from your, your children, even though you cherish them. You know, sometimes you're like, I have no freaking idea what this gift is, but it, it's great. It's, it's handmade. It's made out of love. And it really is priceless. And so I was so excited to have the chance to interview Hannah Brencher for the podcast. And then to find out she is a Millennial Money podcast listener was just, it was the icing on the cake. And I don't want to spoil too much of her story because I really want you to hear it from her. But, you know, Hannah found herself in New York City in this time in her life where she was just feeling lost and she decided to start writing love letters to complete strangers, a gift that didn't cost anything more than the price of stationery and, you know, the pens that she used to, to write. And she started leaving these notes all around New York City. And her philosophy was whoever found these notes, that was the person that was supposed to receive this letter, you know? And I think that's just, it, it's such an amazing thought that, you know, you can do something like that and it can radically change somebody else's day that you don't have to buy them a big fancy car with a bow on the top, that something as simple as just letting somebody know that they matter, that they, that their value, uh, I think is one of the most priceless gifts. And little did she know that starting that movement has turned into a global community, has turned into a flourishing business has turned into book deals for her, TED speaking stage um, opportunity, and so many other things that she's uh, that she's doing all from, you know, this, this one uh, completely unselfish act of trying to help other people. So, um, you know, I think that Hannah is just such a great representation of the idea that we could really take something in our lives, maybe something that isn't going so well and turn it into something good for somebody else and really create this powerful movement behind it. Thank you. I'm so pumped to be here. It's kind of surreal because I love your podcast and I don't think I ever anticipated I would be on it. Well, of course. I mean, you have done so many amazing things in your career already, but I really want to start with uh, the more love letters, especially since, you know, we're in the holiday season and it really just feels totally. like it's a time of year. It's, you know, culturally, there's a lot going on right now, um, you know, where we could really all use more love in our lives. So tell me a little bit about this journey and kind of how more love letters came about. Yeah. So I always say, you know, it's completely unexpected, not something that I planned to execute, create, none of it. Um, and so I was living in New York City my first year after college, and I was doing a year of volunteer service. So basically making no money for an entire year, living on a $25 a week stipend. Wow. Um, yeah, which is hard in itself and then like nearly impossible in New York City. Um, and I would take the train from the Bronx to Manhattan every single day. Um, it would be about a 40 minute train ride. And I would find that those 
were the times where I would feel the loneliest and the most disconnected and just I found this sadness just kind of growing inside of me and that that sadness kind of morphed into what I later learned was the diagnosis of depression and somebody who had never struggled with depression before I didn't know how to deal with it I didn't know how to cope with it and so um, unexpectedly, I started picking strangers out of the crowd and I started writing letters to them. And I didn't know their names. I didn't know what they'd gone they'd gone through, but I assumed that if I was feeling these feelings of loneliness and sadness, then I probably wasn't the only one feeling them. Um, and I just I ended up taking a lot of the letters and ripping them out and leaving them around New York City unsigned for people to find. And that led to a blog post where I said, this is what I'm doing. I'm leaving letters around New York City. I don't know where it leads, but this is just something I feel like we don't really do as much anymore. Like we don't really write letters as much anymore. And for me, it was like such a big staple of my upbringing is that my mom wrote me letters throughout childhood, throughout college. And I put at the end of the blog post that if you needed a letter for whatever reason, I would write to you. And I thought that that would just be a few letters that I would write to whoever was reading my blog at the time. I did not expect that it was going to spiral into over 400 letters to strangers across the world. And then that would be the foundation for what I um, run today, which is more love letters. And um, it is six years old. We've sent a quarter of a million letters out into the world. Um, people get to go onto the site and they nominate friends and family that are going through something tough, as, as you were just talking about. I think uh, in our culture and in the world that we live in today, like things are a little bit uncertain and a little bit dark and scary sometimes. And so uh, you get to go onto the site and you get to say like, hey, my brother is going through this or my mom is going through this and we pick stories and we put them up online every month and anyone from around the world has a chance to write into what will end up being a larger bundle of hundreds of letters showing up for somebody in a day when they're not expecting for anyone to notice them. That's so amazing. So this process, like when you first started leaving letters and writing the letters, did you find like that helped you with the depression or helped change you as well? Yeah, it definitely helped. Um, I'm always very careful to say like it didn't cure um, sure, yeah. depression because I, I've definitely had like instances where like an article has been written and it's like she cured her depression through letter writing. And I definitely think it was um, an element of it, but it wasn't the be all end all. Um, but what I found like in years moving forward and continuing to handle depression is that there is a huge benefit to being able to step outside of yourself and outside of your circumstances and focus and channel your energy onto somebody else. And that is commonly released through letter writing because, I mean, if you take letter writing and you compare it to the communications that we have every day, which is texting and emailing, there's a very different release when you sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and you have to concentrate on what you're writing and it is a um, a single-minded task. And so I definitely think that it contributed to me being able to get outside of my feelings and focus on somebody else. I always say depression is a very like self-focused um, illness. So you think a lot about your problems, you think a lot about your past, you think a lot about your circumstances. And so anything that can pull you outside of your brain space and have you focus on something else, I think is 
truly positive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that I think that just goes for anybody for sure. So in these six years, uh, are there any stories that really stand out to you of, you know, somebody who received all these letters and it just, you know, oh, gosh, there's so many. Um, that's, I mean, it's blown me away to see the ways in which we've been able to like impact people's lives. Everything from, you know, girls being bullied to soldiers coming back from war. Um, one of my favorite stories is a man that had served in both Iraq and Afghanistan. And he uh, came home just with a ton of PTSD. And it was his sister that requested love letters for him. And he called her one day and he just said, I'm sitting on the floor. I'm crying. I can't get up. It's this one small act has restored my faith in humanity. Um, and what was really cool about his story is that on the day that my book got released, I went and I did a talk show in New York City. And on that talk show, they asked me if I had ever, or they asked me in advance if I had ever met anybody who I'd assembled a love letter bundle for. And I hadn't, like, I'd only met people that like, say, for instance, it was a friend of a friend, um, or somebody that I made a love letter bundle for in my personal life. Um, and that man and his sister were in the audience. And I got to meet him. And it was really cool because he had said, you know, like he had his bun he had his letters with him, just a small uh. chunk of the letters he had gotten. And he had said to me that he was like a really private person. And so I like asked him, I just was like, okay, like you're a really private person. Like, why would you choose to like come on a talk show? You know, like that's not the most private thing that you can do. <laughs> um, and he explained to me of like when those letters showed up, like it really was the catalyst for him starting to piece his life back together, going back to school, starting to do yoga all of these healing things that happened moving forward. And he said, like, you did that for me. And so I knew I needed to show up for you. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. Um, but those stories, like, thankfully, they're happening, like, every day, um, all over the place as these bundles are delivered. Yeah, I mean, that I, I just like got goosebumps. That just makes me so happy, you know, that other people are unexpectedly receiving things like that because I know you know I mean it it's tough it's tough for everybody you know we all have our own struggles and you know even just sometimes someone paying you a compliment throughout the day just totally changes mm -hmm. your your day totally so I I know you probably didn't start out with thinking oh this is going to turn into a career and turn into a business <laughs> and nope Tell me a little bit about like that evolution and, you know, writing your book and being a TED speaker, you know, kind of how did all that happen? I still don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I look at it and I'm like, really, I just don't even know how I got to this place. Um, yeah, it just was, I think really what it was at the core was like a willingness to say yes to things that were outside of my comfort zone. And so I didn't even want to create the organization. That was not my plan. It was my friends and family that were like, this is such a good idea. You need to put this out there. And I was like, I don't want to seem crazy. And I don't want to be the person who like puts something in the world that the world that doesn't actually need. Um, but I put it out there and very quickly, it just kind of started to spiral. And so one of our first press hits was like Oprah.com and it just continued to like, get bigger and bigger of like the press that we were bringing in from glamour and different glamours like all over the world to BBC news to CNN global news all of these press um 
press things that happen without ever doing a press pitch. Um, and so that kind of spiraled into um, my friend saying, like, you know, you have like a really powerful story and you should think about sharing the story. And she suggested that I do like a TEDx talk. And so I went on the TED website. Um, I was familiar with the brands and there wasn't any TEDx's like in cities that were near me coming up. But I noticed that they were doing a global talent search. They were looking for undiscovered stories. That was the theme for the year. And I just was like, well, I kind of have like an undiscovered story, I guess. <laughs> They basically were like, get on, um, get on a iPhone and send us a 60 second video. And so I did that. And a few months later, they reached out and they said I was a finalist for the United States. Um, wow. And so I went, I went to New York City and I uh, delivered my audition. And um, I knew it was probably like slim that I would get chosen to go to like TED Global just because they were only going to be picking like one person from like ev all 14 countries that they were going around to looking for these undiscovered stories. Um, so I didn't get chosen to go to Ted global and I really thought, okay, that was such a great experience. I don't know where it's going to go from here, but like I did it and I'm proud of myself because that was kind of like my first speaking engagement was my Ted talk. Um, but what I didn't know is that they ended up taking my audition tape and putting it up on Ted.com at the Ted talk of the day um, and it was like, they just loved the original talk so much that they didn't want to have it redone. And my life just kind of flipped upside down in a matter of 24 hours from that talk going online, um, hundreds of thousands of views, um, that led to literary agents reaching out to me and publishers reaching out to me. And I kind of just like, was like, okay, I guess I'm writing a book. Okay. I guess this is <laughs> happening. And like, that's really how the whole entire journey has been, is that one thing has just led into another thing. So that TED Talk led into speaking around the country, which is what I do now. But I really have, like, huge anxiety about speaking on stages. I would have told you that's not something I'm going to do. But, like, inquiries started just coming in, and I just started saying yes to them, you know? And really by being willing to like go outside of my comfort zone. Um, I kind of built a career off of that and it's like been five years self-employed um, and just continuing to say yes to things that challenge me and then wanting to create things that just make the world better. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talking money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. 
See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. 
Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. I think that's such a great story. You know, I mean, obviously, you're in your sweet spot and you're owning it. Not that that can't evolve from there, but, you know, you're definitely definitely in a, a good place. You know, what advice would you give to listeners out there that are you know, they have a vision they're trying to pursue in life, you know, but they struggle to maybe find their own unique voice or find their own sweet spot. Yeah, I think that it's a lot of trial and error. I think that you have to be willing to, especially in this age of social media, the most important thing is being willing to do the work that no one sees. Um, Because so much of what we do now gets broadcasted and gets plastered all over the place. And I think that if we watch each other's lives, we are kind of, um, we're sold this idea that it's just going to happen instantly because we see it happening instantly for other people on a screen. And I don't think that you find a voice overnight. I think that you have to hone it and develop it and refine it and go through all the motions and all the hard stuff. And it's really to me, take risks, take risks, take risks. Yep. It's really just a bunch of small steps on repeat, I think. Everything that I've done, like when people ask me questions like, how did this happen? Or how did you give a TED talk? Or how did you become a speaker? I can't say like, oh, wow, it was like these huge fireworks moments. Like rarely was it ever that. It was more so like a bunch of small things, keeping my head down and doing the work. And then sometimes you look up and you look around and you're like, wow, all of this happened. But like, you don't even have a chance to really kind of stand in that for too long before you're like, well, I need to just keep working and keep working hard. And and I think that's the sweet spot when you can get to a point where like you are creating things that you love and like you're getting to do that for a living. And that definitely wasn't something that happened instantly for me. But like now it's like, you know, I'm at the end of another year and I'm thinking like, oh, like in December I said I was going to rest more, but I, I find myself not wanting to rest because I love the work that I'm getting to create and I just want to keep creating. 
That's so great. I, I love that. You know, it's such great advice too. So, you know, you talk about being a business owner, being an entrepreneur, you know, what do you think is, in your opinion, the trickiest part, you know, managing money, dealing with money as, as a business owner? Well, it used to be like, I used to have like a really strong aversion to money, um, which was one of the reasons why I was so thankful to find your podcast. Cause I found that a lot of people weren't talking about money in a way where it was relatable. You could grasp it. You could talk about it. You didn't have to be afraid of it. Like I felt like all of the podcasts that I was finding before yours were like financial ones where it's like all of these words I didn't even understand, you know? <laughs> um, and so honestly, like years ago, like when I had just quit my full-time job and I like, was still like, I was living at home with my parents because I made this decision to be like, okay, like I can live here for a year or so and just kind of like build up from here. I was lucky to have that chance to do it. But I think I always thought in the back of my mind, like because of this route, because of this risk that I'm taking, money will probably never be something that I have a good deal of. Like I just always thought abundance wouldn't be something that would happen for me because I was choosing to be a writer. Um, and I wish that I hadn't like told myself that lie because like, really I let that hang over me and I let that like, like almost identify me in a way that it never needed to. Um, and so when I looked up and I had moved to Atlanta and I was living in my own house, um, and I had my own office space and I was paying for all these things, I realized like, wait a minute, like money doesn't have to be the scariest thing in the world. I can learn to manage this. It can be a good thing to actually make money. And that's kind of where like my mindset started to change. But I would say that like the biggest change for me about money and how it actually became fun for me was in 2016, where I set a goal to kill all of my student loans over 50,000 in one year. Um, and so that's when money just kind of was like, wow, like, I can work with this. I can manage this and I can learn to not be afraid of this. Yeah. All right. I'm like giving you a high five through, uh, <laughs> crazy <laughs> through, through cyberspace right now. So do you have any tips for what worked for you to knock out that debt? Yeah, I think, okay. So the biggest thing for me, I'm no expert at this, but I know that one of the things that the reason that it was so intimidating to me and so daunting to me to like, have student loans is because I refused to actually look at the student loans. Like I didn't want to look at the balance. Like they were like, the loans were coming from different companies. My parents were still paying off one of the loans. Like, and I don't know, I felt a lot of shame for that. Um, until I started to actually look at the balances and I made myself look at them like probably a couple times per week, every single week of 2016. And any time that I had any kind of extra money from a job or a speaking engagement or something that I had done, I would sign right into the account because I was completely used to looking at the interest at the balance. And at that point I was kind of angry about the interest because you see it rise and you're like, shut up. This is crazy. <laughs> Um, and I would just throw it at there. Like I would just throw it at the balance. And so being willing to look the thing in the face and know what you're up against, I think really helps dismantle the fear of what you're up against. Um, and I think that also like, for me, it definitely was a lot of like working hard and taking on extra jobs, but it was also like, 
budgeting and learning like where my money was going and then kind of reevaluating like does my money need to be going to these certain places this frequently and that's something that's hard to rein in but like you realize when you look at like a credit card statement you're like oh my gosh I spend so much in this one place and like if you just cut it back you could make significant cuts in your debt (laughs) Yeah. And I love like what you just spoke about is that that balance that I think a lot of us don't think about is that balance between like the emotional side of money and the actual like practical side of money. And sometimes the emotional side of money can actually keep you from, you know, achieving those things that you so desperately want, you know, whether it's knocking out student loans or budgeting or, you know, whatever it is, it can be something small or something big. So true. I mean, I came from a family, I think a lot of it comes from like, the family that you come from the way that you were raised all of it. And like, my father, like just always made sure that we were always taken care of, like that we never lacked anything that we like always like, we we didn't have an abundance of things like we didn't have an excess of things, but we had enough. And so I don't know. For me, I think when I made the jump to go self-employed, I think I was the one that had the highest expectations for myself. I was thinking, if I'm going to do this, then I have to do it well because I wanted to prove to my father that, like, I was okay, that I could be successful, that, like, I took what he had given me very seriously. And it was like my dad who said like a few years ago, like, you know, like, I don't care what you make as long as you're happy, which was just like earth shattering to me. But um, I think like learning just like money is a gift. And that if I like learning how to have fun with my money too, you know, like learning that like, because I have money, I'm able to give money, like I'm able to do cool things. I'm, I'm able to offer experiences to other people. And so it's like money doesn't have to be this thing that I'm so afraid of. It can be a tool that can lead to abundance. I could not have said it better. All right. So tell me, what are, what are some of your goals in 2018? Do you have anything big that you're working on or that you're focusing on? Oh yeah. Um, I am like just about to like sit down and like really like reflect on like 2017. I love like this month because I love to like close out one year and step into a new year. Um, but yeah, biggest goal I think is my, my new book is coming out in May. And so there will be uh, the launch of all of that, which is going to take a lot. Um, so any, any teaser for us about the book? Yeah. So, um, the book is called come matter here and pre-orders will be going up in probably February, I believe. Um, but really it is this like the subtitle of the book. I feel like sums it up perfectly. It's, uh, your invitation to be here in a getting there world. Um, and so pumped for that to come out. And I really just want to spend 2018, um, creating things I've never created before. And really for me, like as boring as it is, like I've just fallen in love with like being able to create systems for things and being able to be organized. And I'm realizing the more I get organized, even though I am a creative brain, like the more at peace I feel and the more that I feel on top of things, the more I feel balanced. Um, and so just continuing on with that kind of really simple things. I love that. All right. So I've got four kind of lightning round questions to, to finish us off. So tell me your, your favorite food. Oh gosh, that's such a hard question. Everyone always asks that and I don't know. Um, 
Oh, gosh. My favorite food. Darn. I would probably say it's chicken tikka masala, actually. That's a unique one. I've not heard it that is, one before. I know, but I love it so much. I love Indian food. Very cool. All right. So uh, describe your best day ever. What does that look like? Like waking up and like what that would look like? Yeah. Ooh, that's, man, these are great questions. Um, okay. Best day ever. I feel like I would get to sleep in. I would wake up. I would have my coffee. We'd probably go to brunch, me and my husband. Um, and best day ever would somehow involve going to some kind of bookstore. Cause I love going to bookstores. Um, and also would probably involve a lot of time just like cozied up on the couch and like resting and probably watching a crime show. Cause we love those, but then maybe we would end the day with like all of my favorite people in one place, like and eating a meat and cheese plate. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Simple. It's simple things. So so I put a million dollars in your bank account. What are you going to do? Oh, gosh. I am going to – oh, I'm going to find a way to just, like – I'm going to put some away to be smart and safe and, like, invest, you know, in, like, my wealth or children or whatever things I'm supposed to start investing in. Um, but I think I would use a big chunk of that to be able to, like – like totally Taylor Swift people, the way that Taylor Swift did that a few Christmases ago where she like stocked out her like fans and like bought them Christmas gifts. I would love to do something like that. That's awesome. Okay. So last one, guiltiest pleasure. Guiltiest pleasure is definitely, um, TLC shows. (laughs) Love TLC shows. I'm currently, as I'm doing all of my like budgeting and finances for 2018, I'm like, binge watching 90 day fiance and I can't stop. I'm, I literally can't stop. As, as embarrassing as it, as it is to admit, I'm right there with you. Right. I love it. I don't know. Like to me, there's nothing more satisfying than to watch these shows that I know probably don't make me a better human at all. But yet I just am so fascinated with the way that people live. Yeah, very, very much so. Awesome. So Hannah, tell listeners where they can find you, where they can check out your books and everything that you're up to. So everything kind of leads back to Hannah Brencher. Um, That's my social media handles. Uh, HannahBrencher.com is my blog. Um, And then in bookstores, uh, Hannah Brencher, it's um, in all major bookstores and also Amazon. So yeah. I told you she was pretty amazing, right? So just proof that during the holiday season, we don't have to spend a lot of money to really make a difference in somebody else's world. This is the last podcast before we celebrate Christmas. And if you celebrate Christmas, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Um, If you don't celebrate Christmas, I hope you have an amazing holiday nonetheless and some great time to just relax and unwind a little bit because I think we're all totally stressed out this year. There's just been a lot going on. So maybe use this as a good time to reconnect with people, catch up on some of those old Millennial Money podcast episodes. As always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Game. And if you love this podcast, please do me an end of the year favor, share it with your friends, shout it out on social media, and head on over to the link in the show notes and leave us a review. 